Last year, the Washington College campus had witnessed a series of microaggressions against students of color on campus, threatening the safety of both the students and the surrounding campus community. In response, the African Student Union, the Black Student Union, Cleopatra's Sisters, the WAC Honor Board, and other student-led organizations and representatives had created the Letter of Grievances and Demands, which was then published in the on-campus newspaper, The Elm, as well as sent in a campus-wide email last March. It addressed the incidents that have occurred, as well as the responses from both the WAC administration and student body, and a list of requests to better improve the quality of addressing on-campus racial bias incidents, inequality, and injustice. Now, in the midst of ongoing Black Lives Matter protests across the country, against a background of a surging third wave of COVID-19 cases and a tense political and social climate, WAC is striving to address these incidents, their past towards interacting with students of color, and how to better themselves for embracing diversity and inclusion on campus. For part one of this two-part episode, I will be talking with junior Ama Unponza and senior Destiny Harris, both leaders of the African Student Union and Black Student Union, respectively, and what students can expect with acknowledging and discussing the topic of race at Washington College, as well as upcoming efforts to ensure all students of color are seen and heard on campus. I am your host, Olivia Montez, and this is Washington College Weekly. Our guests today are Junior Ama Amponza, President of the African Student Union, and Senior Destiny Harris, President of the Black Student Union. Ama and Destiny, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi. So to start off, I wanted to talk about the letter of grievances and demands with you. It was published in the on-campus newspaper, The Elm, on March 19th and sent out in a campus-wide email earlier that month and was signed by the African Student Union along with representatives of organizations including Black Student Union, the WAC Honor Board, and Cleopatra's Sisters. Concerning recent microaggressions and the lack of attention and concern towards this by the college. So with this letter, what key truths or understandings needed to be considered? I remember when a lot of these different organizations, when we all came together and discussed like why we wanted to write it, I think it was really just to let the college know, to let administrative staff know that students of color have felt that nothing was being done to to protect us and we needed to get it in writing and we needed to get it like published and out there. So it was on record that we know these things are happening and we want these things to be changed within a reasonable amount of time because us not giving you this demand has not been working for us. So I think it was just a lot of wanting change and kind of taking that first step forward to demanding it. But also you know, words can be misconstrued. You know, you can have meetings with uh, different people, but if you have it on paper, that paper kind of sticks around for a longer time. So that, it was, I believe, if I think if I'm correct, that was written by last semester, last fall, spring, or we're going to say year. It wasn't a long time ago, but it was a, not a lengthy process either, but it's, it's very like mentally draining. One thing that I can say to me that was important um, was just basically the attention 
that minority groups need to me that's the that's the that's the biggest factor for me is that um that we have to stop being overlooked you know it's not fair that we're the only people on campus who just completely get overlooked and so i think this is where some of that built up anger comes from is whenever we state something or if we go to public safety or something of that sort to report a problem it's always being overlooked so i thought i i know it's a list of grievances and then the list of demands which are two completely different things <laughs> they both to me coincide with the same thing the attention to minority groups to me is the most important thing that i wish and want the college to understand that we just need more attention we're just as valuable and as anyone else with all of these grievances and demands made, as well as other demonstrations that were made in response to these incidents that had happened on campus, how did they affect or add to this mission of addressing racial bias and injustice on the Washington College campus? I think it really allowed like the student body to see what was going on. I remember the demonstration that we did at Convocation. At Convocation, I remember planning that event with um, other people and being involved and hearing the idea of we should make something public. Like we should, we, we can't just say what's going on and not follow it up by actions. And I think especially in March last semester, a lot of the upperclassmen, they were getting ready to leave. So they were kind of like, let's go out with a bang. Like we've already are planning to release our letter of demands, like, why don't we follow that up with, like, another action? And so the idea was to really get the student body involved so they couldn't say that, um, they just couldn't be ignored. And I think we also wanted faculty and staff to be aware that we were, that students were in the midst of doing something, trying to change the atmosphere on campus. I remember right afterward, a lot of um, staff and um, faculty were really shocked to see how many students were feeling angry and were feeling upset and were feeling like we weren't being heard to the point that we had to disrupt convocation. And so I think it was a good moment in kind of bringing everybody together for one purpose and for one cause. So, okay, I think I get it now. So they all, they all have added to the letter. I feel like all of, everything in one has added to the letter. Everything in one, everything that folds and, and coincides with each other is to me what's on that letter. Even the name is just something powerful to me. I feel like it, it, it's, again, the administration or the college just not listening. And so that kind of gets like, gets you stirred up to even write another letter. And I feel like that's what it is, is that if you're not listening, we're going to keep writing, we're going to keep demanding. And that, that's where the letter comes from. And that's where that built up, again, pushing another letter out comes from. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's a, it's an all-in-one. Because um, I think it does definitely built, builds off of the letter of demands as well. So it's just more of like, here's what we want and here's what we need. I mean, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. So this year, we have also witnessed not only the rise in surges of COVID-19 cases, but also the police-related murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd, whose deaths and lack of justice received ignited over 450 major Black Lives Matter protests across the country, including the March on Washington 2020, and across three continents. How did these tragedies, as well as the responses that came from them, add to this discussion? 
Um, I think we were, and when I say we, I mean like the students involved with um, writing the letter of demands, the students in these multicultural clubs and organizations and other minority students, we were just really tired. And it was just a point where we knew we had to say something, but we were so tired of being the ones that have to say something. And it was just a really exhausting period. And so I think we all kind of found strength within ourselves and we were all really pulling on each other and supporting each other. And a lot of staff and faculty were really checking on us to make sure that we were okay. And they were really supportive of the statements that I believe the issue ASU uh, that we all put together because we really wanted to just show our support for the Black community and to show our support for all the students because even though some of these things are happening outside of our campus, it still affects students. You know, uh, it still affects our mental health, it still affects our work that we can produce. And so we really just wanted to let everybody know that we understand we're here and, you know, we're going to get through this. So since, of course, as we know, we can't really be back on campus because of COVID. Um, so it does limit some of the stuff that we that we have been doing. Um, I know BSU specifically, that's what our organization, even before all of this stuff happened, even in the Capron Colonic era, that's where we were talking about him as well. This is something that our organization kind of, it builds itself off of, um, instances such as these, even before all of these tragic things happened this summer. BSU has a, to me, has a foundation on making sure people understand the knowledge of what's happening in these communities or what's happening on a lower, larger scale, but then someone gets killed and then it's on national TV. But we already see it coming if that, you know, we don't necessarily see it coming, but we know what's happening in these smaller communities that a lot of people don't see. And from a BSU standpoint, I feel as though we've kind of shied away from the, especially this semester, the talk about race and racism and everything that has to do with it. Because at the same time, especially with COVID being in quarantine, it gets mentally draining and exhausting. So you kind of like, you see, you talk about race or racism one week, and then you see somebody get killed on national television, and it just takes the complete life out of you. So I know, especially this year and this semester, we have toned it down a bit more about race and racism and more about mental health and more about how are you feeling, more about let's put the phone down and not watch the news for a couple of hours, more about let's talk with our families about what it means to see this stuff on the news, more stuff like that. I know I've been trying to gear uh, the conversation towards because I feel like sometimes in our communities we don't talk about mental health enough, but we do surely talk about race and racism enough because we have to. So that's the way in which I shifted. We still do definitely talk about it because it's important. But it's just shifting the conversation a little bit now, so more than ever. Since last semester, there have been recent changes towards making the college campus and the surrounding Chestertown community aware of the severity regarding racial injustice and inequality, including but not limited to creating the Chestertown Unites Against Racism street mural, disbanding the Kappa Alpha Order Beta Omega Chapter Fraternity, the announcement of two new inaugural co-chairs with the Diversity Committee, and the launch of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion website. With these adjustments towards acknowledging, discussing, and taking action against racial injustice made, 
Do you think we should treat all of this as a step forward or backward towards reaching this goal of understanding? I think it was, it's a lot harder because, you know, with Zoom, not everybody has stable internet connections. Not everybody really wants to get on Zoom and have a discussion after all your classes are on Zoom. Like Zoom fatigue is a real thing. And I think that's why this semester has been really hard to have these kind of events and conversations compared to when we were on campus. Last year, it was so easy to just do a quick message and be like, hey, we're going to debrief in uh, Smith if anybody wants to come and just have a discussion and we're going to check in on each other. Or even when you're living on campus, it's easier to just check on one another to make sure everybody's okay. If you haven't seen somebody in a long time, you can kind of ask their friends like, hey, how is this person doing? And so the sense of community is easier to have on campus. Now being virtual, it's a little harder to gain contact with people. Everybody has different responsibilities outside of school now because the majority of people are home or uh, living somewhere else than, you know, on campus. So it's just harder to get everybody together for the same amount of time. And, you know, there's a lot happening. You know, I'm, I, I have another job outside of like school that I do. And so it's been hard to balance that. And I know a lot of other people are having that issue too, like balancing their home life with their school life and that combination. So I think it's just a challenge to get everybody on the same page for like an hour in order to have these discussions that really helped us before. I personally think naturally I'm always a person who's like go lucky and happy really with anything. I'm really just like an easy person. But when it comes to stuff like this, I'm more harsh. I don't want to hear you talk too much. I actually want to see the action. And then maybe your action will tell me how much you really care. I do think it's like a micro step in the right direction. And I think we're still progressively making those small micro steps, but I think there could be larger steps that could be done in order to, to move us forward. Everybody to me, I feel like everybody knows the history of Washington College. If we go there, I feel like everybody knows just a little bit of something. And with knowing that the expectations are high for me to change something, you know, it, it, ha it doesn't have to be super big, but big in a way when we when we talk about it when we are in the in the room that it's it's a change in the atmosphere for students of color like me. For example, seeing more professors who look just like me. I've only had one black professor. She's a woman. That's Dr. Knight. One. And all and I've been I'm a political science major with a public health minor, but before that I was a biology. I was um I had a I was getting a biology degree before all of that. But I didn't see anyone of color who looked like me that made me feel comfortable enough to come to them maybe to even talk about a class that I possibly could have been struggling with. It, it's stuff like that to me that are small, big steps in a way, you know, but I haven't seen them yet. I mean, they do try to do small things and, and they're right. They think that it's big or, it, you know, it's moving forward. Hopefully we'll get there. So with all of this in mind, how do you think we should discuss this topic of race and racial inequality? What important factors should be kept in mind when talking about it? I think it's definitely a step forward. I mean, the amount of positions and different applications that we see the college trying to put forward to help, I mean, we can't ignore that. And considering the history of this college, that is a big step. And so I do give them a lot of credit that they're trying. I think time will tell to see how these things hold because 
a lot of times, especially in the early 90s and early 2000s, um, during this college just like time frame, I remember doing my own research and seeing that a lot of the things that happened now within like our time at Washington College has happened before. And the issue was always with longevity and keeping these programs and keeping these initiatives ongoing to really combat issues that you would face at a predominantly white institution. And, you know, this happens at every single predominantly white institution. I know this is going to take time. You know, change isn't going to happen overnight. So I think it is a step forward. I just would like to see this step forward become two steps forward and three steps forward and now a jump forward. And I just don't want it to stay stagnant and like, okay, we did all this. We're just going to stop. It needs to continue to grow. It needs to continue to move forward. It needs to continue to innovate because times change. The students change. The student body is changing. And so as the campus is changing, as the students are changing, I think all these different initiatives have to change with it as well. And it also needs to improve. I personally think naturally I'm always a person who's like go lucky and happy really with anything. I'm really just like an easy person. But when it comes to stuff like this, I'm more harsh I don't want to hear you talk too much I actually want to see the action and then maybe your action will tell me how much you really care I do think it's it's like a micro step in the right direction and I think we're still progressively making those small micro steps but I think there could be larger steps that could be done in order to to move us forward everybody to me I feel like everybody knows the history of Washington College if you go there I feel like everybody knows just a little bit of something. And with knowing that, the expectations are high for me to change something. You know, it, it, ha- it doesn't have to be super big, but big in a way when we when we talk about it, when we are in the in the room, that it's, it's a change in the atmosphere for students of color like me. For example, seeing more professors who look just like me. I've only had one Black professor. She's a woman. That's Dr. Knight. One. And, all, and I've been... I'm a political science major with a public health minor, but before that, I was a biology. I was um, I had a, I was getting a biology degree before all of that, but I didn't see anyone of color who looked like me that make me feel comfortable enough to come to them, maybe to even talk about a class that I possibly could have been struggling with. It, it's stuff like that to me that are small, big steps in a way, you know. But I haven't seen them yet. I mean, they do try to do small things and and they're right they think that it's big or you know it's moving forward hopefully we'll get there I don't know when I don't know how but hopefully we'll get there one day and I'm pretty sure I'll be long gone for that but hopefully we do get there one day and hopefully the day comes soon so with all of this in mind How do you think we should discuss this topic of race and racial inequality? What important factors should be kept in mind when talking about it? I think the first thing is to be honest. And I think it is to also come with a a clear mind and it's to also come with an open mind and to not be judgmental. I think a lot of times people are afraid to have these discussions because they're afraid to like step on somebody's toes or they're afraid to acknowledge how they might have been complacent in like racism or uh, oppression in any way. But, you know, we're in college. And so we're all coming from different backgrounds and it's important to learn and to evolve and to learn how to get along with everybody, no matter what your beliefs are. So when we have these conversations, we just have to be honest and we have to be willing to listen, to learn, and to grow. 
you know, you shouldn't come into a conversation not wanting to learn anything or not wanting to change yourself. I think that sometimes the discussions we can have on campus can, that can happen. Like sometimes we'll come and we'll leave, but there wasn't anything that we kind of ended on. It just kind of confused everybody further or there weren't any steps to make anything better that were accomplished by the end of the meeting or at the end of the discussion. So I think it's important to come with an open mind, to be respectful, to be honest, but also to come with the intention of when I leave, I'm going to be changed or there is a change that's going to happen. For me, I guess it's, I'm an open book anyway, so I can really just talk to anybody about anything or how I'm feeling. For some people, it's a little bit harder to to get them to, to talk. I think making sure that we have an open and comfortable space for students to speak is where I think we should start first. And they are starting to present um, themselves where there's these conversations where students can come in and openly discuss how they feel. But I was saying before, just having these open forums for students to discuss how they feel and, and do it naturally and very much raw. They don't have to hold anything back. I think to me, that, that's the important thing because I feel like when we're in these settings, sometimes we try to throw our professional voice on and that's not always the best thing. But uh, I think, like I said before, having open uh, places for students to speak just so they can get off what they really want to get off. Because let's say you see something on the news Monday and you've really been holding it in and then you don't have a chance to talk the way you want to talk. Having these open discussions and just feeling and just saying how you feel can be very therapeutic to a person who's been holding it in all week yeah and I know from I know from BSU or at least I'm trying to is to create this open and honest space for students to just say whatever they want to say no matter how outrageous or how how crazy or how ridiculous it might sound they still need to know that they have a place where they can just say whatever's on their mind um so we're just and so that that includes the mental health piece I feel like getting it off your chest So taking account all of that has happened within the last few months, do you believe that change as to further recognition and protections for Black Americans and people of color within the United States will happen? I think it will happen, but we are still a long way from it. I think that we have started the change, but it's just going to take a long time. And I think that we American people, we have seen that the system has faults, has issues, and I think it's just a matter of time of actually changing the problems that are that are within the system and actually making it better for people of color, people who are discriminated against, or people who are on the back end of it. I think that we 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 find comfort in the fact that we have systems in place and that these systems usually work. But I think now we're starting to see that these systems really don't work. And in order to change the system, you have to lose some of that comfort that I think individuals have. And this could be individuals for everybody. You know, nobody really likes change. Not everybody kind of wishes that they could just do what they have always done and everything will work out. But I think we're at the point in our history, like of America, that we see that these systems that have been in place for hundreds of years need to be changed. They need to be, yeah, they need to be fixed. And I think that the issue is just nobody wants change or nobody wants to lose the comfort of not having to change. And so I think that we're on our way, but it's going to take a lot of time. This is only the beginning. Like we're at the very, very beginning, like the start line. We haven't even started the race yet. 
I'm hopeful that it will, but there's to me a lot of systematic processes that don't allow that to happen. And so I feel like that's sometimes what we have to start is those systematic processes in order for us to even be pushed forward. Um, like I said, I'm hopeful and it, that definitely sounds harsh, but I'm hopeful that we will get there one day. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know when that's going to happen, um, but I know as a community, we're, we're progressing as a Black community or a minority community, I feel like we're progressing in certain aspects. As far as like on a on a bigger level, I don't know. Sad because I should know or I, or I should feel like something is, you know, moving an inch. But I feel like we're, we're not moving anywhere. But I know my generation and hopefully generations after me will carry on the legacy that things need to change and they need to happen pretty rapidly. Well, Ama, Destiny... Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. On the next episode, we will be talking with Director of Intercultural Affairs, Carice Bates, and Assistant Professor of Mathematics, Emerald Stacy, about further college campus initiatives to protect students of color at WAC, including both celebrating diversity and inclusion on campus, as well as teaching others how to make the campus community a safer, and more respectful place. This has been Washington College Weekly. I am Olivia Montes, and I will see you next week.